Hey, Mecca. Hey, Strudy. We're back. We're back. It's been a long time. Seems like we say we're back after each episode. It does. It <laughs> seems like we take long breaks after each episode. So, look, if this is the uh, last episode you're here for another month and a half, then this will be a good one. There's been uh, plenty going on, to oh, say the least. So. I think... I think you've had a pretty good reason, mate, to uh, take a little bit of a break from the airwaves. You'd have to excuse our um, tardiness with uh, the frequency of, <coughs> of our episodes. But, yeah, uh, yeah, so the biggest news between now and when we did the last episode was you became a father again for the third time. Yeah, yeah, just gave my wife had a future Olympic athlete. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah Lawn Bowles is getting into the Olympics, I heard. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So uh, and and so everything's well with mum and baby. Yes, yep. So yeah. me and the uh, son are officially outnumbered in the household now. Yeah. So, so another girl, Zara. Yep. Yeah. Another girl. So all's well. One month in. One month in. Congratulations, mate. Thank well you. done. Another sports and spit fan to add to the ten or so that we've got. Exactly. Right now. So uh, Zara, if you're going to be listening out there at some stage, daddy is famous. Yeah. Yeah. We're on the internet. So, um, pretty much the last time we did our episode 18, it was the NBA season preview. It was. We touched on, you know, the recap of the NRL grand final and stuff like that. Yeah. Now we're in that funny sort of purgatory period of sport where footy season's over. Well, we've gone through that, haven't we? We have. Like that period of time where there's not much to watch. Well, I think the only thing to watch at the moment is basketball and if you like soccer, maybe the A-League. But yeah, that's true. But it's not a two. It's it's getting better. Like there's heaps of other sport on that. This period of time allows you into. Like the other day on Fox, I watched uh, the surfing, and it was the big wave event in Hawaii. Oh yeah, it was amazing. Like so, there's plenty of opportunities to watch sport if you've got the time. And uh, with a third child, you probably wouldn't have the time, mate. So no, I don't have much time at all. No. But. No. There's probably one thing that you haven't been watching. No. And uh, that's the cricket. No one is watching the cricket. Nobody so we've, is um, watching the cricket. Pretty much, as I munch on a chicken crimpy <laughs> in my mouth, my voice might sound a bit Well, different. before we get into talking about the cricket and how irrelevant it is, why don't we introduce the third member of the panel for this evening? Because he's going to try and stay silent, and we're not going to let him stay silent. He's our new work experience kid. Because our old work experience kid, Nugget's gone away for a couple of weeks. He's on annual leave for a fortnight. He's on annual leave for a fortnight. And the new kid that we're using is slave labour, Duffy. The man, the myth, the legend. AKA the Duff man, the Duff meister. Duffy, you going to say hello? Howdy. <laughs> He's a man of few words. We, we don't have an omnidirectional microphone, so he yep. may sound a bit muffled, but we'll definitely bring him into our conversation yeah. soon. And that's the reason that we've got snacks on the panel tonight, because Duffman bought them, because he doesn't go anywhere without snacks. Yeah, we've got a crunch meter here, so if Duffy's crunching um, of his Arnott shapes get too much, yeah, then we'll have to uh, pipe him down a bit. Yeah. But anyway, so this episode, we loosely, is the theme is coming and going. Yeah, and, so, what, and, and what were we just saying before I introduced Duffy was that everyone's interest in cricket is gone. Yeah. Absolutely gone. Streeter, you've got a bit of a, a an axe to grind here with uh, with the ACA. Well, no, actually, no, no. I, I kind of think they've um, they fleeced Fox Sports big time. Oh, by taking their money for putting it like for actually telecasting a game that no one's watching. Exactly, like yeah. Fox Sports must be looking at the uh, 
ROI on this purchase and thinking this is a terrible, terrible decision to, to buy the, the television rights because... They threw a bucket load of money at it too, right? Heaps. Like to get it off Channel 9. But I honestly can say that I don't think anyone gives a rat's ass about one-day cricket. No. Like I, I, I honestly couldn't tell you 11 players that play for the one-day side. Well, I couldn't tell you 11 players that are currently playing for Australia in any of the forms. I haven't game. watched a ball of cricket since, I don't know, maybe the uh, the Big Bash last year. It's not just that you don't care about the game. So let's talk about this for a second. Do you not care about cricket because one day cricket is dead? Or do you not care about cricket because of all of the absolute debacle that has gone on since the ball tampering incident last year? No, because I think that that petered out after a couple of weeks. I think for cricket, uh, one day cricket, um, pretty much, it's just a case of out of sight, out of mind. Yeah. Um, so, work experience kid Duffy's just brought something up here oh, which stuff. references that it's $12 billion TV rights deal. 1.2 billion. Oh, 1.2. Oh, I couldn't see because your phone's so old. 1.2. That's a little bit lower. I thought 12. Geez, that seems like a lot for cricket. Oh, my God. So, 1.2 is a lot. So. What was that article, the headline, getting at? Read it out? Basically that they overpaid is what it's saying. Well, it's announcing the actual TV rights deal, the article itself. But they're basically saying that $1.2 billion is what Foxtel and Channel 7 paid for the rights to telecast those those cricket matches. It's, a, it's like buying a Mercedes-Benz from the showroom, taking it home, unwrapping it, and just getting a Hyundai Elantra inside, and think, <laughs> all this money. The level of disappointment. And this is this is this is all. This is, it performs like We're a. We're going to go gas up the Hyundai. So yeah. So I mean, pretty... I mean, you can't blame Cricket Australia for for taking that. I mean, that that's no. a pretty good deal. But well, no, let me think about that for a second though, because is it a great deal? Because this is what typically happens with sports these days, right? So the TV money is the biggest money or income revenue that you generate from a game these days, right? So mm-hmm. it'll outstrip potentially like in the in the more professional leagues like say the UEFA League and the NBA and all that kind of stuff, the value of the franchise probably is what goes up a bit. Um, and so maybe if you're a publicly floated company or something along those lines, maybe it's a bit different. But in most sports here in Australia, the TV rights are, are what brings in the majority of your money. But you can cripple your sport by selling the TV rights because you think about it from in cricket sense, they've put that behind a paywall now and not everybody has Foxtel. Like, there's probably, I don't know what the percentage of people in Australia that have Foxtel is, but I still imagine it's probably not the majority. No, but I mean, that may, I guess the theory would be people would drive people to go watch the game live, but I think it's probably worked the opposite in the sense that interest has waned because yeah. it's not in front of your eyes. That's exactly right. And probably nobody knows it's on. I must say that I typically, like the start of the cricket season was the indication for me that Christmas was coming up. Summer's here. Summer's here. And, you know, like it's time to start kind of thinking about what you're going to do over that period of time. And, you know, and you you know you're going to have a bit of time to watch a bit of cricket. So it's great. And then you start planning a boys trip. Hey, boys, do you think we should maybe... Yeah, we'll go to the Boxing Day test or we'll go get down, a day, we'll but go down yeah. to the New Year's test or whatever. Yeah. We'll get dressed in pink. I don't yeah. think any of that is factored into most people's thoughts. No, I don't think it has either. I don't think anybody has kind of has known what's going on anyway because no. of, because cricket's shit. So in general, it's a pretty good place to go live. And it is. I went last year. I think it's probably you know um, 
the landscape of Australian sort of pastime traditions traditions changed a, a little bit. It has. Um, you know, it doesn't have the same yeah. mystique or grandeur as it did, you know, yeah. as a younger fella or teen growing up. It was, you know. It all went downhill when Warnie retired, right? Oh, he was the greatest, Warnie. He was the greatest. And he was the greatest Australian all-round sportsman because he was a, he was just a dead-set legend off the field too, right? Like, well, yep. He was just a loose cannon, you know. Definitely one of the top 10 Australian sports people Definitely. ever yep. across the board, Warnie. Yep, that's right. Absolutely. Go Warnie. Yep. Anyway, cricket's gone. Well, anyway, NRL. That's probably next closest to our hearts. Um, NRL's fairly... Well, you wanted to bring the NRL up because of Valentine Holmes. Oh, not, not so much. Let's I mean, talk about Valentine Holmes okay, later. Let's, let's just cut to the chase. Let's just cut to the chase. Let's get through all the shit and talk about the <laughs> stuff you wanted to talk about. Valentine Holmes, he dumped you. He absolutely dumped you for the NFL. Is he going to make the NFL? Is he an idiot? And do you think the Sharks will fold as a club because you've got no money? Uh, I'll address the last question first. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good idea. I don't, I don't believe the Sharks will fold. Right. Um, because the NRL will continue to prop them up? We're not in the uh, financial uh, drama that um, has, um, you know... Been, been reported courtesy of the Daily Telegraph. Oh yeah, we're not we're not in that that you know much of a dire strait. News.com.au has has a pretty good reputation as being a non sensationalist site, mate. <laughs> <laughs> so I wouldn't I wouldn't worry too much about the financial side of things. Mm. Um, listen, Valentine Holmes, he's a young guy. Uh, you know, it's obviously a big loss for the Cronulla club to lose him. Yeah. Um, but you know, he did help us win a premiership a couple of years ago and. What's what's it for me as a fan or a club mm. to stand in a in a guy's way of you know maybe pursuing something else? Well, you uh, can't. Like, I mean, you can't make a guy do something he doesn't want to do. No, right? So I if mean, he's happy to leave the money, I, I don't resent the fact that he left the club. And if and it doesn't really matter that he had a year left on the contract or whatever it was. Is that what he had? Did he have a he, year? He had a year to run, and he asked for it. And the the contract, I mean, Cronulla didn't have to say. Yes, well, no, they could have said, yeah. no, we're going to hold you to this. You need to play it, play it the year. But but there's no point in doing that no. as a club. It's no point in doing that as an employer. I mean, no. like, even as an employee, you can't do that to somebody. No, that's right. And the thing is, is that if somebody doesn't want to work for you, then let them go, right? But yeah. but they can't say, oh, I don't want to play for you this year, but I'd like you to pay me out my money. So yeah. if he's, as long as you didn't do that, then see you later, mate. But the whole, the whole school of thought of him, you know, going was a, a, this, this thing's been fabricated by his, his manager to... Uh, you know, drive his price up uh, for his next contract, which is heavily rumoured to be with the Cowboys for 2020. Oh, um, what? So you reckon that he'll just sit this year out, go over and play in the in a NFL or, like, try to make the NFL? Or? Well, you know, there's probably genuine interest in him wanting to, to test it. And the okay. best-case scenario for him, although, you know, if we give him a, a, a 9-10% chance of cracking a roster, then if he happens to get that 9-10%, that's absolute, you know... Cream on the cake, you know, best okay. case scenario. So he's but, just basically like, well, I'll take a year off and give this one crack. I'll give it a shot because I, I love the NFL. This is an interest. You know, it would be great yeah. to be able to do this. Yeah. But if it doesn't work out, then mm. I'm coming back to a pretty sweet deal in my hometown with the Cowboys. Yeah, fair enough. And that's. More. But if he was going to leave next year anyway. What, like, yeah, exactly, yeah. That. So, I mean, listen, I can't. It's disappointing to see him go, but, you know, as an individual, I can't begrudge a bloke for, for wanting to... Will he make the NFL then? Well, what that's, that's the next question. Um, I don't fault the NFL 
enough to to, to, to give an educated um, you know mm. um, you know read on on what he'll play or where yeah. he'll play or yeah. Um, but yeah, we know, couldn't break it down enough to say, oh, he's a safety or a or a tackle or a you know like or a running back or a wide receiver or whatever. It's fair to say that there is definitely a different level of athlete and athleticism over there in America. Yes, absolutely. Um, than what we have here. Yeah. So while Val is a pretty outstanding athlete and you know very quick, you know, mm. in, in, in rugby league. Um, he may be a dime a dozen or even less than dime a dozen sure. over there. And his biggest hurdle, not so much his, his physical you know, abilities and attributes, it's probably you know, like, like it was for Jared Hayne, is mm. learning the, the feel for the game where you have kids in college and who are trying to crack the pros mm. who have lived and breathed football, American yeah. football, since a kid, so right. the nuances, the you know, the way the game's played, the, you know exactly. the, the reads, all, all the stuff they just talk about, like we do about footy yep. in, in passing conversation. Yeah, majority of that would be you know mm. um, maybe potentially a little bit above him. Uh, yep. He may understand some of the talk if he if, if he's a, a genuine NFL fan. Yeah, but it's one thing to say it, and it's another thing to do it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I agree with you. I think that like. There is a different level of athleticism, and there's and it's a bigger it's a bigger fishbowl, right? So you mm. you've got more people you're competing against, and I think you hit the nail on the head when you said he's competing against people for a position that have been playing the game since they were very young, right? Mm. And so their knowledge of how to play the game versus his athletic ability and their athletic ability, because he may even compete fairly well athletically with those guys. I don't know. But at the same time, your ability to play a game when you've only like it—it it, it was pretty amazing that Jared Hayne even got to set foot on an NFL field, right? Yeah. Like he, like, and the thing was was that how hard it was for him to do that was exemplified by how quickly he was thrown away once he started to probably show that he needed more work than what they probably were prepared to put in, right? Because yeah. you know, and so um, I think you know our research man's just come up with the fact that there is a pretty big difference between Holmes and some of the athletes that are already playing the NFL. So the LA Rams, Todd Gurley, who's a running back, um, he's listed as arguably one of the best in the game. He's 185 centimetres and weighs in at 102 kilos. Valentine Holmes is 185 centimetres but weighs in at 90 kilos. So Gurley here's a running back, right? Yep. We probably don't see Val as a running back. If mm. I, you know, my, my limited knowledge of of American football... Which is basically formed the same way mine was, which is through John McMadden football yeah. on PlayStation. My immediate um, thought would be that Holmes would be a punt returner, um, you yeah. know, similar to his fullback role. But, you know. And my limited knowledge of the NFL will probably show here, but I always thought that special teams, so punt returners and kickoff specialists and all that kind of stuff, I always thought that that was basically the learning ground for somebody like the third string running back or whatever or something like that would get a run on special teams to develop their skills as well, right? It's like uh, the backup quarterback is the guy who holds the ball for the kicker or something like that, right? So like, so is that the case? Yeah, I believe so. Like, typically. shit, I didn't know that. So, uh, well, I think I think he's the placeholder for the kicker or something like that, right? So, um, you know, I think that. Lisa's out. Lisa's out. <laughs> Einhorn and Finkel. Uh, so I think you get, in the end, there's a, like, being a special teams player 
he's not going to make a career. No. Right? So you might get a start, and maybe you play for a couple of years or something along those lines. But typically, you're not going to you're not going to make a whole career. That's not where the big money is, anyway. No. I wouldn't have thought. So. But you know, I'm sure all the sporting and rugby league community will be behind him yeah. for the time that he's there, and they'll get back on the Val bandwagon oh. when he's uh, playing for the Cowboys. Look, it'll be another point of interest to see whether or not he can make it. I, I hope he does. I, look, I'll be the first to say I got it completely and utterly wrong when I said that Jared Hayne would never make the NFL either, right? So um, so I'm not going to say that Valentine Holmes isn't going to make it, but I'll be very surprised if he does. As an athlete, who do you think is, is more of a natural athlete, Val or Jared? Uh... Well, actually, at his prime, I thought Jared Hayne probably would be, right? I would have thought Jared Hayne would have been slightly better suited. Maybe, or maybe that's just thinking of Jared or both of them as a running back. Mm. For some reason, I picture them both as running backs. I mean, maybe Valentine Holmes is a better wide receiver, but at the same time, there's a definite skill in catching the ball the way those wide receivers do, right? And that's not a typical skill that's replicated in, in rugby league either. No. Like, you don't often... You don't have to catch the ball on the run over your shoulder. Do you know what I mean? Like because it doesn't get passed forward, right? So nah. you get it coming to your chest um, from a different angle. So and often, if you're taking bombs as a fullback, you catch it on your chest, jumping. Yeah, yeah. So okay, so work experience kids also come up with that if you compared Valentine Holmes to Jared Hayne, so that Jared Hayne had the clear advantage. So physically, so this is size wise. So Hayne was 190 centimetres and was 102 kilos, which was probably five centimetres taller than Valentine Holmes and again, another 12 kilos heavier. Um, but he was also faster than Valentine Holmes. So clocked a 40-yard dash of 4.5 versus I think Valentine Holmes's, which was uh, 4.6. Is that right? Yeah. So, you know, he, I would have thought Jared Hayne had the better chance. But he... But, but actually, I think Valentine Holmes is probably a bit younger. Yeah, so that's probably got his. Which helps. Like you might be have like you maybe learn. You got a bit more of a chance to learn, maybe. Yeah, you know, like uh, people talk about. You know, I'm sure Val's got enough money in the bank to uh, sustain for a while. He's got a sponsorship with Nike. You know, and it'd be a good good story for him to. You know, for and if Nike he does to... have a guaranteed contract to come back to, then that helps. Like I mean, Jared Hayne had that promise of being an eel for life, and then ended up at the Gold Coast Titans. Because he wanted a million dollars a year. Oh, he's back at the heels, though. Yeah, well. Well, I mean, he's what, actually back in Long Bay Jail, isn't he? Yeah. Whilst whilst we've got the um, whilst we're on the topic of uh, coming and going, um, I think Jared, Jared not going a, from the NRL. We yeah, won't see him I again. I think he's completely gone from the NRL. He may be gone from society, and probably sounds like he deserves it as well. Yeah. I mean, these like we joke often on this show about uh, NRL off seasons and how much news they provide. This is news of the worst type, right? Like this is you don't want to hear about this sort of stuff. No, this is horrible. And uh, and you know, with Jared Haynes' track record, uh, something happened that night in the Hunter, and 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 someone got hurt, and and I hope that whoever was responsible for that pays for it. Basically, yeah. So, is my only summary of that. So, because it's disgusting. So some other coming and going in the NRL. We'll start with the coaching fiasco. Mm. Uh, and that's centred around, this is you know pretty much straight after the grand final. Mm. Uh, the Tigers and the Panthers doing their coach sort of uh, flipping and flopping. So Ivan Cleary admit all the reports that he was staying at the Tigers. Yeah. Tigers realise that that... Wasn't that, true. 
that position there wasn't tenable no, no, no longer. Well, so they let him go to Penrith, and then um, and then the Tigers hired Maguire. Yep. Who was doing something with the refs? Yeah. Um, this is this is a typical this coaching merry-go-round in the NRL and some of the situations it's presented this year have is the epitome of the old saying that sometimes truth is stranger than fiction, right? You couldn't probably make some of this stuff up. So the Panthers sacked Ivan Cleary, right? Um, they did to then put a huge amount of money into... They poached the Broncos coach. They poached Anthony Griffin, didn't they? Is that who it was? Anthony Griffin. Yep. Who ended up being no good. Who ended up being horrible. Yep. And so then they got... No. Was that who they... Or was that who he replaced? They got rid of Anthony Griffin. Oh, and then they gave it to Cameron Seraldo as a caretaker. A caretaker coach. Yep. And, and and in order to then go and rehire Ivan Cleary, but if they couldn't get re, if they couldn't get Cleary, Serrato mm. would have remained in the job. But then yeah, and so so in reality, what you've done is you've sacked a guy, and then two years later, you're still paying the guy who you replaced him with because he's under contract with you, and then you have to pay him more than what you were paying him when you sacked him. That's right. Right. And then just and, out of the blue. Yeah. You got the Rabbitohs Broncos situation where yep. where people still think you, that Wayne Bennett can coach. I thought it was a joke, and I just comes it comes up and it says Bennett signs with the Rabbitohs. I'm like, yeah. what? Fair What's income. this fake news? And anyway, yeah. it turned out to be fake. Yeah. So the Broncos and the Rabbitohs have yeah. engineered a bit of a swap. Yeah. A coach swap to be effective and 2020, which we haven't even played 2019 yet, which is just <laughs> just crazy. Yeah, you said to me that that just before we started and we came on here that. So they've confirmed now that Bennett's going to coach the Broncos this year. So yeah, many were saying, much like the Tigers Panther situation, that you know Bennett coaching the Broncos mm. was potentially untenable. Mm-hmm. Um, Bennett, oh, I imagine it would have been. Like... Bennett stuck his his heels in and was like, "Well, I want to be paid. They don't want to pay yeah, him. So they, yeah. whatever they're going to do, mm. um, the Broncos might have a bit of a disastrous year this year. Who knows?" Uh, and then he's off to the bunnies, and the Rabbitohs coach comes. Well, it's just, it's... this will be really interesting to see exactly how good or bad a year that the Broncos actually have. Because from my understanding, and it looked like this for a long time, it's not actually the players that don't think Bennett should be the coach. I think it's the actual administrators management. and yep. management. And and so actually, I wouldn't be surprised if the Broncos have a pretty good year, because I think the the actual players themselves potentially probably really still like Wayne Bennett and probably want to see him as their coach. So, Where do you think he sits tactically? I think he's a dinosaur. Same. I think he's an absolute dinosaur of the game and I don't think he has been able to coach probably since he coached St. George to the last premiership. I think that was when the style of game that he coached was was relevant and I think I, I don't think any team's going to be successful with him at the helm. Yeah. Like, just... Just as a yeah, as a quick summary, that's what I think. I, I think, think he's an absolute dinosaur. He's uh, and I think he's actually a peanut of a person. I don't think he's a very nice man at all. No. Like I think his arrogance in regards to the media and the fans is disgusting. Like so, and he doesn't deserve the paycheck that he gets. So it appears that come twenty twenty, the Broncos probably will come out winners because the Seabold appears to be a good coach. But I guess the test of his measure will come this year um, yeah. being on borrowed time at the, at the Bunnies well that'll be a more interesting situation to see how the team responds because there was rumours going around that Seabold had lost the locker room at the at the Bunnies and that 
that the players didn't really want to play for him. So it's a bit strange. Was he only coached them for one year? Well, this is where I also think because isn't that why um, Michael Maguire got sacked from the Bunnies because they said they didn't want to play for him? I mean, maybe maybe the players the are the bunny, problem. Maybe yeah, exactly. Yep, that could very much be the case. I'd say. Yeah, and then uh, if the coaching situation couldn't get weirder. So with all this stuff going on at Cronulla with Val and you know, all that sort of mm. stuff, there, there's rumours circulating that Shane Flanagan, the coach, they're looking maybe to move him on or get rid of him. For at reasons. Cronulla? Yeah, it's weird. What? So there's, there's stories going that... They that, love uh, him at Cronulla, don't they? They, they do. Maybe is, this, is he going to be one of the people that were made redundant because there was about <laughs> 10 of them that were gone, weren't yeah, they? Yeah, who knows. So, oh. yeah, some, some chat that... Uh, well, there's a bloke that, who used to Shane Flanagan is looking for a gig. <laughs> Flanagan may end up at Parramatta with his son Kyle in a bit of a package deal. Oh, yeah. Which then that leaves Parramatta's coach Brad Arthur on the adder. What's he going to do? <laughs> well, he hasn't had that great run. And then you got all the clowns. So go to Cronulla. And then, and, then, <laughs> and then to cap it off, this the is Panthers, more... Panthers, they look like they're paying every coach just to coach everywhere. Who would have thought coach movement would be more sort of uh, interesting than play movement? But then you've got yeah, the yeah. situation over at Manly with oh, Trent Barrett. They, Trent they, Barrett. They, they want to get rid of him, but they can't because they still got to pay him. But then they've got... Des Hasler, the guy that ruined him in the first place, he's back. He's back. Well, that's even a weirder situation, isn't it? Because basically, like, they're going to be paying. So they've hired Hasler, but they have to pay Barrett. Yeah. Is that right? And they, Barrett was saying he's going to turn up to work and work as a coach. Then <laughs> 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 Barrett's going to be there. Hasler's going to be there as well. Like, what the hell? Yeah, you'd have to think that six-year-olds are running some of these teams. Oh, mate, fair dinkum. And this is what happens when... This is what happens when people... Like when you basically give jobs in the in the football club footballers. To, to footballers, <laughs> because they do these type of things and then go, oh yeah, but but that's probably actually a really small minded approach to it, because a lot of the boards of directors of these clubs are not populated by ex footballers and 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 they're making some really poor decisions about who to hire, who to fire, and who to not get rid of in a payout with regards to like. Oh, Trent Barrett, I'm going to turn up to work. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, what an awkward situation. It's mean, like watching an episode of The Office. It's, it's probably like, oh. like like what you see a lot in the NBA. There's probably only, I reckon, four to five really good coaches mm. that coach in the NRL that actually deliver uh, improvements to players yeah. and outcomes, yeah. make the club, the situation, the team, the individual better. That's well, the idea of a coach, right? Well, yeah, absolutely. But let me ask you this question. What, when you say there's like only four or five of them that make a difference, is a coach these days, uh, is the strength of a coach their tactical ability? Is it that they can develop somebody? Or is it that they're just a good people manager? I think it's all three now. Yeah. Because I kind of think that the actual... And but the, the, the balance three, is slanted towards if you can be a good people manager, then you can be a good coach. Because actually, I think keeping people, keeping players happy, well, that is that, the chance. Because not everybody's going to win a title, right? That's also why you have so they have such big staffs now with assistant coaches and so yeah, forth, yeah. Put coaches to look after defense and attack. Because yeah, you can right. have like your, I mean, in, in the EPL, they they don't refer to it as a coach; they call it a manager, and always have. Yeah, yeah. In they call it a coach because back in the day, you would. You'd coach the tactics. You'd, you'd pick the players, put them in the team. Mm. You'd, you'd be responsible for you know yeah. setting backline moves and yeah. you know, de- defensive patterns, etc. But it's not, well, not, not it's not the case now. Take the NBA for example, right? Like with the spread of talent that doesn't actually exist across the league, where it's all kind of centered in a couple of teams. Surely there's 
75% of the teams going into each season probably know there's probably a pretty good chance we're not going to win. Right? Yeah. Like, and so as a coach of those teams, what are you coaching for? Well, like, what are you saying to yourself every year? Here we go, 82 games. Hope I can win 20 of them. <laughs> so, well, like, so, for the know, majority. Oh, I mean, the, 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 like, the, because that'll keep me my job. The, right? the NBA coaching carousel is crazier than the NRLs at the moment, but these guys are coaching for their next job. That's right. They're coaching to stay in the league and just keep getting paid. And that's why you keep players happy, right? Because if you can keep players happy, then eventually someone's going to hire you because someone's going to have to be mediocre. They all are. You know, like, I, yeah, I think, I just think if you can be a good people manager, then you're going to probably hang around and keep your job as a coach. And if you're not, if you don't keep the one, the job you've got, you'll get a new one pretty easily. Yeah. So it's the ones that clash with players that you see that don't, that get off that coaching merry-go-round. Yeah. Um, if we turn our attention to players come and go, we touched on Val Holmes. The next one affected your team, the Bulldogs. Uh, you guys yeah, said said goodbye to the Clem dog, David Clemmer, and yeah. he's come up to Newcastle. Yeah, but we got Dylan Napa. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. not too bad. He's actually head button hurt people. I don't actually mind this. Like, so this is this. There's a there's a moral sentiment to be expressed here around. So Clemmer believed that this was around like he referenced that this was more of a lifestyle decision and he wanted to come up here and live in Newcastle his kids are almost school age yeah I mean okay so if we just take a snapshot of that scenario yeah I can having kids my own 100% understand that rationale yeah absolutely to get out of Sydney yeah definitely get out of the western Sydney part of it yeah um, and come to a place like Newcastle where it's a great lifestyle um, oh, I mean, I love Newcastle. It's, it's perf- you love Newcastle. Perfect right? place to, to grow up and to raise a family. And I can certainly understand why he wants to come up here. And I wouldn't begrudge him. I, I, like, the thing is, is that I think it's a great reason to bring your family here. And, and he got getting paid a shitload of money. Well, he's getting paid a lot more than he was at the at the Bulldogs. But that's the thing, right? Like, if he had a, actually... Like, I think he feels like he had to come out and kind of say, it wasn't really for the money, it was for the lifestyle, right? Which Which is a great enough reason anyway. My personal belief is if he'd come out and actually said, well, I just did it for the money, I'd be okay with that, actually, because... Um, well, he's not going to play for free, so... I mean, yeah, but and the thing is, is that if the Bulldogs don't value his services at the same rate as another team does, then, you know, then go and sell it somewhere else, right? Like, I understand that completely. I don't buy into this contracts. You don't have to see out a contract. Hardly anyone in life has to see out a contract now, and if you don't like that then there's not much you can do about it, right? Like, that's just the reality of life, right? Like, if you don't want to see the, the, the contract, then you can just walk away from it. It doesn't really matter. Like, you know, I think that's what exists in life. Everyone wants that. No one wants to be held to the phone plan contract they had or... Like, month to month, baby. No one wants to do that shit. So, why would you expect anybody else to? Like, if you can get better money somewhere else, go for it, mate. That's my belief. I yeah, there's always someone willing to pay the price, isn't there? Yeah, exactly. If someone's silly enough to part with almost a million dollars a year, then take it. And the other, the other big, probably big news in the player. You could probably only just afford a house in Mayfield these days, anyway. <laughs> you won't be living in Merriweather. The other player uh, who's now linked to the Sharks is Sean Johnson. Oh yeah, Pretty... so the Warriors. Hey, and didn't the Warriors give him a kick when he left? Did you hear what they basically said? No. So they so when the Warriors released Sean Johnson, their star player who they re-signed on a mega deal, only a bit over a, 
was it two years ago or maybe a year ago? Mm-hmm. Um, they basically said that, and like so, what this wasn't one of those we wish him well type scenarios. They wished him well in terms of saying good luck with a new club, but the parting shot from, I think it was the GM or CEO or someone, the butcher. He basically said um, that at the Warriors we have an expectation that people will live up to the the ethos of the team and the value of the money that they're being paid. And Sean, from the day that he has arrived, he has never lived up to those two things enough. Right? So right, I'm just going from the New Zealand Warriors. Yeah, who that's right. Have always been a team of head cases. Yep. And have always dropped absolutely. their bundles. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. yeah wow. You don't often see a team come out and say that well, kind of thing on the way out, right? Like, if so. we put it in perspective, he was getting paid in New Zealand dollars. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> New Zealand dollars not going too bad, mate. I wouldn't be. You wouldn't be sleeping. Ten years ago, that would have been basically half of what the Australian dollar was. But right now, I think it might be punching well above its weight. So. And then, oh, probably another one that's come to light is Gareth Widdop. Yeah. Has, uh, has asked the Dragons for a release from the final three years of his deal. But he wants to, want to stay this year and go back. So he's, he's come out. He came out yesterday in the press and said, "No, no, I'm happy to play this year, but I would, I, I but I'm not guaranteed to stay anywhere after that." Does he want to go back to England? Is that I is believe that so. Yeah, he wants to go back and play in the Super League. Oh, he's probably getting his, the shit bashed out of him. Too many concussions playing here. Potentially. There's your game. Plus also probably one of the Super League teams probably rang his agent and said, how much is he getting? We'll double it. Like, yeah, fair enough. Because they're paying English pound as well, right? So like, if you're going to get heaps of concussions, why wouldn't you get paid heaps of money for it? Yeah. Again, like, well, if that's what someone's offering him, then off you go, mate. Like, If if someone rang me and said, come and work for us and we'll pay you double what you're getting paid, <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, a notice period yeah how about you just don't pay me I'll be right. Yeah. <laughs> a couple of weeks at the new gig I'll be fine so, so that's the NRL off season we did say previously that and uh, it would get pretty interesting and a bit crazy and it certainly and it hasn't, hasn't disappointed thus far it always does and now what we've got to look forward to is the Christmas party season coming up for NRL clubs there'll be a couple of people get DUI'd a couple of people get shit faced and someone will probably shit in Schlossy's shoe again, I'd say. Something along those lines in true Julian O'Neill fashion. Exactly. Hmm. Now, it would be remiss of us not to mention... The chicken crimpies. Yeah, they, these are really good. Yeah, absolutely. Going, going, gone. Well, the Wallabies. The Wallabies. <laughs> the Wallabies. They're bloody hopeless. Yeah. Have they sacked Michael Checker yet? How? Can, okay, Can you so, look that up, work experience kid? Uh, he must be... The worst performing coach across any sport in the last five well, he years. He must have photos of the chairman's daughter or something because How's he still how got a job? does he keep his gig? Like, they are hopeless, the Wallabies. They're not even... And they're not even a cohesive unit, right? Like, they're not... They don't even like each other. What so about the sledge the, that the English gave them? The honey badger turning... He'd rather be a reality TV stars that, than, yeah. than play on the bloody Wallabies. Yeah, exactly. Like, they're bad, the Wallabies. If I think about the fact that I don't care about cricket... I actually hate rugby now. I used to love it. So, like, cricket is still one level below rugby in my aunties, the way I feel about it, because I actually physically can't stand watching rugby now because mm. of the Wallabies. So, 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 according to Fox Sports, Michael Checker's days are numbered. 
It doesn't matter if you're reading the newspaper, the tea leaves, or he's 48% winning. 48% winning record. So the Wallabies have won under him less than 50% of games. Less than 50%. I think in my worst years in State League, we won more than 50%. It has to end. They can't. There's no way he can continue to be the coach, right? Yeah. It's unbelievable that he's kept his job. So Where's the next World Cup? Is next year, right? Yeah, next year, yeah. In Japan. Yeah, yeah. Well, interesting and times no one looks the like they're getting, going to get close to the All Blacks. Like England, did England beat them? But I tell you what, it wasn't kind of, it wasn't convincingly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, another one who's going saying goodbye. Potentially Izzy, the greatest ever Socceroo, Tim Cahill. Oh, Timmy Cahill. Well, he said his uh, his farewells to the uh, Australian public in a game last yeah, week. Yeah, he did. Yeah, absolutely. Um, where does he stand in, in, in Socceroos' lore and greatness? Well, for me, in my generation and your generation, he has to be the greatest Socceroo. Yeah, ever. yeah, for I sure. mean, there's no one better. I'd support that. I, and, and actually, I think, given the short history of the Socceroos being successful on the world stage, Tim Cale and his generation of players have delivered more consistently than any other group of players that have played for the Socceroos. But if you ask anyone from the last 10 years, be like, Socceroos? Who's the first person you think of? Tim Timmy Cahill. Yeah. But, the, you know, there was an interesting article that they reckon... that, And I didn't even know this. Remember Craig Johnson, who played in the Premier League? Yes, he yeah, yeah. Played in the Premier League? Apparently yeah. he never played for the Socceroos. Well, that was what the article was inferring. I don't know. Duffy yeah. might look that up for He had a wicked curly mugget. Um, mugget. Mullet. And so the, so the sentiment of the article was that perhaps Australia's best ever soccer player... Craig Johnson actually never played for the Socceroos. Well, so that Timmy Cahill was the best Socceroos, yeah, but we, he wasn't Australia's best player. We did say Socceroos, so we'll, we'll stick mm-hmm. with that. Yeah, well, I think Tim Cahill would probably still be up there. I but, mean, he, you was know, always, like, he could be, always be relied on for a goal, right? Like, I, I, I'm, I'm positive that, technically speaking, there's probably six or seven current Socceroos that are far more skilled... Than Cahill? No, than, than Craig Johnson could ever dream of being. Yeah, potentially. But that, that's just the evolution of the sport and an athlete these days. Well, it's so, the evolution of every sport, compare. right, isn't it? Like athletically. It's hard to compare that. So Tim Cahill's gone. Yep. Mm. Uh, so most people are going. Um, who? What's coming, Mundine versus Jeff Horn? Well, coming is probably um, what probably one of them will need to do to get over the line, I'd say. But they... Um, I, like... One of one of them is going in terms of their career, right? So, like, if Horn loses, it's all over. You think? Yeah, I think so. Like, he's because of the fact that. So yeah, he. So you're saying that he couldn't get another fight, professional fight? Well, I just uh, he'll get another professional fight, but it'll be it like it won't be to the level that that this was, or to the to his stint in America was, right? So. So Horn is a he... guy. Who, Horn is a guy who they they feel everyone feels got really lucky against Manny Pacquiao, right? Yeah. Like in every boxing match, someone's in with a puncher's chance. Yeah. And they reckon basically that Horn was very favourably judged in that fight, and that and he's very lucky to have won, right? And then he's won fight in the, in America, he's soundly beaten, and now he's fighting Anthony Mundine. If he loses to a forty three year old Anthony Mundine, I do not feel like there'll be a promoter or anybody pick him up for another big name fight. So do you he think he might that, uh, continue to box, but he won't be making the money that he's making now? You, you could liken Jeff Horn's victory against Manny in the same way people may view or now view the Cleveland Cavaliers' finals win over the Warriors. <laughs> Potentially, <laughs> that that it was just luck that the Sun 
guy that everyone just gets on a momentous roll. I mean, Manny Pacquiao was not against Jeff Horn was not the Manny Pacquiao that you would normally expect to see. And having said that, I probably don't give the Cavs the credit they deserve because they could have very well won one, if not two more, if guys hadn't been injured, particularly that that first and before finals. I actually think the Cavs were probably the better team in that series. In the first finals they were, yeah. They just had two of the top three guys were injured and didn't play. That's right. LeBron carried a bunch of scrubs. And I think that, I've said this before, last year's finals, if J.R. Smith doesn't have that brain explosion, then that series plays out differently. Now, maybe the Cavs don't win, but momentum, you take game one, and momentum is totally different. Your mindset is totally different. Yeah. And I think that's, like, you know, there's some defining moments in sport that, that in terms of that final series, mate, Mentally, the Cavs were gone after that because LeBron was gone after that. Yeah, yeah. Because he wanted to choke his teammate out, but he not allowed to. That's right. So. Um, a recent event that we had in our hometown was the V8 Supercars. Yeah, now, you went along. You liked it. I did. I did. Is I, that your first experience with supercars? Yes. Car racing? Um, Have you ever been to a car race before? No. Duffy, did you go? You didn't go. Have you ever been to the car races? No. He's shaking his head, by the way. I was... He doesn't uh, want to talk. Well, first of all... his mouth's full of chicken crimpies. Uh, props to the supercars for putting on just a really good event. Really good show. Um, Did you take your kids? Yeah, I, I took my son. Took around. Um, cool. We walked around the track and. Uh, did you actually have tickets, or did you just have like? I uh, bought bought tickets. You just went in there and bought them. I bought them online. Oh, cool. Yeah. That's how most people do things: buy them online. Yeah. But anyway, like so um, you know the the V8s are doing their warm up laps, and there's a few pre races, and cars are going pretty quick. Yeah, but then that first lap starts, and we were like right trackside on the you know, on one of the, the downhill straights, mm. fastest bit of the track. Yeah, and I was absolutely blown away at how fast those things go. They fly, don't they? Like, yeah. like, it's it's phenomenal. Yeah, it's crazy. I right? could not believe how like it mm. was just. I was like, going, "Whoa, holy <laughs> shit!" <laughs> Rio would have loved it. He's it? like, "Dad, we don't." Holy shit! That's fast. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. And as an old bloke, next to be going, "Yeah, they're quick, aren't they?" <laughs> yeah. um, a couple of things that really shocked me: um, the amount of people wearing um, racing team t-shirts, merchandise, right? Merch? Merchandise, yeah. That's yep. one of the sports where probably maybe your TV rights might just get slightly outweighed by your merchandise figure, I'd say. I didn't think yeah. that many people were into... Car racing? Yeah. Yeah, they love it, don't they? And merchandising is a big deal, right? Because they've got so many sponsors. People love the stuff that comes with car racing teams for some reason. Yeah, I'd never, you'd never catch me dead wearing a Red Bull racing or a Shell shirt around the shops or anything, but... Um, <laughs> There was more people well, getting around no those shirts than what you see in LeBron James jerseys. On than what everywhere. you see people wear Knights jerseys around town. It was it was pretty crazy. Mm. Um, but yeah, the, the so what was your experience? The, the skill of the driver to, to maintain a car mm. that, that's unbelievable. And then, then I was like, said, "That's a, what shocks me is they can keep them on the ground when going." Said another fast. guy there, Matt. Like I can't even comprehend if the, if these cars are this quick. Guys driving Formula Ones. Oh. that's just like amazing. Oh, that's unbelievable, yeah. right? Imagine your reaction time to stuff at that. At that speed, right? Mind blowing. Mm. It's um, so yeah. Listen, it was a, it was a really good event. Um, quite it was. Uh, I didn't go this year, but I went last year. It was quite good. Uh, and next time I'm there, I'd like to be there in a corporate uh, situation with um, an esky full of full of beers in a grandstand. I think. Yeah, <laughs> my father, my father got a corporate ticket this year. 
So we've got any he listeners out there want to get sports and spit in the corporate box for next year's race? Yeah. You know where to find we'll us. We'll get a couple of excited blokes at the front going, Whoa! How fast is that? That's unbelievable! So, yeah, but you, we probably won't be wearing merchandise, so don't worry, you won't need to give us merch either. So we're three quarters of the way through our episode, and we are going to bring our work experience kid in to lend some of his... He's, uh, he's the first one coming. His worldly usually, knowledge. Duffy's always the first one to come. On the NBA, so, so we are 25% uh, through the season, a quarter of the way through. quarter of the way through. Uh, we currently have a replay of the Sixers-Knicks game on. Um, Who won this game? Anyone know? Uh, the Sixers smashed them. Yeah. Did they? Okay, that's good. Pretty cool. Yeah. So, um, Duffy, welcome to Duffy. Spit. Welcome. Now, we, we need to give a bit of a bio on Duffy. Um, for those that don't know him, um, outside of a TV analyst or an absolute super freak fan... The next guy in line is Duffy. He's a living, breathing basketball junkie. He is. Whether it's playing, watching, coaching, you name it, this guy is the go-to man yeah. for all things basketball and welding. Um, and he's probably one of like like the most athletically gifted people I've played cricket with. Because I'd, did I, I don't know if I've told this story on Sports and Speed. I probably have about the time Duffy and I won a game for our cricket team. Duffy, how many runs did you score? 61, I think. 61. Not out. Yeah, not out. I was also not out. I didn't score any runs in that partnership, but Duffy and I were out there when we when when the winning runs were hit, weren't we, Duffy? That's you right. Hit, you hit them, that's right. Yeah, but it takes... If someone's got to stand at the other end, mate. So, you know, that's right. So that's probably one of my sporting claims to fame. I, I, Duffy and I won the game for our team. Yeah, okay. So if we had to liken ourselves to NBA players, not that I would, but I've often thought of Duffman as a, as a white Draymond Green. <laughs> what? what? Personality, you... personality, personality, temperament, um, kind of the way he plays a bit. Not uh, many people like Draymond Green, do they? I've never been thrown out. <laughs> never been thrown out of a game, Duffy? Or of a Monday night game. Of a Monday Duff, night game, yeah. Duffman, will you... You, Not you, a rep game. No. You, you've been known to, to let to let your your opinions be known to your teammates at times. Mm-hmm. And Draymond's the exact same. I think maybe but Duffy's a, more... That's of, a good quality, though. Duffy's probably <laughs> more Anthony Mason. Remember Anthony Mason oh, from yeah. the Knicks and the Hornets? Because Duffy's got a big ass and he uses his body really well <laughs> in sports. And when you're mucking around trying to catch an AFL ball against him, very good at holding his position. So it's hard, very hard, yep. Duffy. So, Duffy, you're an Orlando Magic <laughs> Super fan. I am. Uh, How the magic going this year, Duff? Maybe uh, just bring your chair around um, a bit so we can pick you up more on the mic. Yeah. Come around here. To my wife. Closer to the crimpies. The magic are travelling okay. Um, I think I've been today in overtime in Portland, and that puts us just in the eighth spot in the East, so at the moment that's a pretty successful season for them. All right. Um... Now we're going to ask you some questions, and then we can chime in with our thoughts mm-hmm. afterwards. Uh, what's been your biggest uh, surprise team so far this in, in, the, in the first 20, 25 games? The Kings, Sacramento Kings. Yeah, Sacramento Kings. Where do you think they were going to finish, Duffy? Um, sort of maybe fifth uh, in the West, maybe twelfth, something like that. Yeah. So what's the Just... over uh, the eighty-two game over under? What'd you have them at? Oh, I had them at like thirty-five. Thirty-five. Mm. 35 wins around that mark. Duffy's um, nickname is also Details because when he tells you a story, he tells you all the details. Yep. And so, 
You're pretty good at that, aren't you? So Sacramento, it's sort of out of the playoff <laughs> picture at the moment, 10 and 10. Yeah. Um, you know, if you gave an over-under and their wins at about 34, that's probably Well, if they can win 20 in the next 60, surely, then they're like, surely... surely they can... Yeah, Will they win 20 of their next 60 or are the wheels just going to completely oh, fall? Uh, what they got to do a. Oh, if they go to East Coast Road Swing and get like the Knicks, mm. maybe Brooklyn, the Magic. Streety, what's been your biggest surprise? Well, I mean, can you go past the LA Clippers? The LA Clippers. I mean, in they, first spot in the West. Mm. All, all their three best players, four best players in the last two years all left. And now they're actually, have got a team of guys with, you know, on contract seasons, things to prove. Outcasts and they got Doc Rivers, freaks. Mm. Yep, a um, good people manager because he managed the Celtics big three when they hated each other. Yeah, mm. and they're sitting one game atop the West, and no one could have predicted that. No, this th- th- this year is, is one of those years where um, it's it's weird. You know, you know, a lot of weird things are happening. Yeah, weird teams are winning games. Players are doing weird things performance wise. So will that weirdness continue or will the NBA world come back to normal and Golden State will win it all? Unlike the NFL where you know you get a lot of one-game one results, you don't have a series. Mm. So you can have a Cinderella that, that, that can put together a run yeah. or you can have a team sneak into playoffs or you know there can be an upset and the team's out. Mm. Usually what happens in, in the NBA with a playoff series is the better team... 99.9% of the time generally yeah. always wins. Yeah, yeah. Uh, because you've got seven, up to seven games to decide it. So talent will always win through in the end. And whilst we see the Warriors have a few, you know, dramas with their, you know, fighting each other on the sidelines and saying this and saying that, um, you know, amidst all that drama, they're, you know, one game behind the Clippers out of first. Mm-hmm. But you'll see them up there at the end and, you know, a smart man would put his money on them winning the, the championship. So there, there's... Probably going to be, you know, maybe halfway through the year, a period where the season levels out, mm. and you know, it, probably things equalise, and your you better teams who have maybe got off to a slow start find their way near the top of the standings. Yeah, um, you're always going to have an outlier here mm-hmm. or there. Yeah, uh, and maybe that outlier, in 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 Duffman's case, is the Magic. Um, most of the teams that we sort of, you know, predicted in our in our last show um, may not have records. That we'd expect, but I think come the season end, they'll yeah. be in the mix. Well, I just want to go on record saying that my biggest surprise packet this year has definitely been the Toronto Raptors. Well, now, I don't best. want to be accused of being biased <laughs> because I'm a Toronto Raptors fan, but yeah. I thought they'd be way better than what they are. Like, I didn't think they'd drop a game myself. I thought they were going 82-0 and 0 the whole way. Well, And how many did they drop now? Four. Four, yeah. Four. So, they're 18 yeah, so that four, disappoints me, to be honest. But And I, and I blame um, Leonard. But, yeah. Best record <laughs> in the league. He's been horrible for us. Um, okay, Duff, who's your biggest disappointment so far? Has to be the Rockets. The Rockets, yeah. Well, they're, they've... They are so bad at defence, it's yeah. disgusting. Well, they had so they had some highlights of Luka Doncic today, right? Mm. And there was a dunk that he did where basically all four players on the Rockets team, other than the guy who was standing on the weak side, ran into each other and then looked at each other and went, oh, I thought you had him, right? Mm. It was unbelievable. And another one is Boston as well. Yeah, Boston from, haven't been very good, have they? Getting Kyrie back after they got uh, too many playoffs. guys. Well, I think, I think too um, many Chiefs, not enough Indians um, yeah. for those guys. Well, that was a casually racist statement. <laughs> it wasn't intended to be. It's, yeah. it's, it's, I think Brad Stevens has struggled to find the lineup to either 
to change him. two or start yeah. their, their style of play. But um, how's Gordon Hayward going in the year? Like, is he come back strong? Is he still playing? Is he the, ex- the ex- expectation? I think this is one thing that I don't like about the NBA. The expectations are heightened um, to the point where modern day sort of social media. Is, is trickled into this where everything we expect to happen yesterday. Mm. So for a guy that had his leg turned the opposite direction, yeah, and he he, he had a failed surgery and had mm. to have a, a second surgery on it later yeah. later in the piece. Yeah, so he, he's probably six months behind where he should be. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the expectation is that he, he should come back and you know, to that fearless sort yeah. of level that he was pre-injury. Uh, well, but that, that, that doesn't happen. No, and then, and when you saw that injury. His actual chances of coming back and being the same player that he was, you know, are pretty slim anyway, right? Like, actually, even to be on the floor is an amazing achievement. I don't know that your expectation can be that he'll be the same player. No. If he gets back there and he's as dominant as what he was, that's fantastic. But actually, that could be... Like, it may not be a career-ending injury... Career was changing for sure. Career limiting, yeah, I yeah. think, would be I mean, very. He, he's still going to get every cent of his 120 million bucks. He's oh yeah, for. absolutely. That, and that, well, he should. That, so. that contract now is sort of you know he, he'll be known a for the injury, and he'll be known for the contract mm. and the fact that he maybe he might have a, a guy earning 28, 30 million bucks a year, mm. being your seventh man. Yeah, exactly. Um, if that, know, like he may not because his leg may not hold up to 82. He, games he's the well. coach's guy. He was he, he was you know the. The coach for the Celtics was his college coach. He he recruited, brought him in. Uh, we know that the uh, the Celtics guy that runs him, Danny Ainge, is pretty ruthless. Well, how about this? If the Celtics can't turn it around and Brad Stevens can't find the lineup to do better, who do they trade? Well, no, well, do they get Brad rid of Brad Stevens? Stevens yeah. Right. So, like, do they fire Brad Stevens? No. Right. So, if they fire Brad Stevens, and it won't be this year. Like, I think he's more safe. He's safe this year, right? But if you have Say the Celtics have a bad year and they don't go anywhere near what they did last year with this with better talent on the floor, and then next year they kick off the season and out of the first fifteen to twenty games they lose fifty percent of them, right? Brad Stevens is gone, yeah. and then what happens is, I think if Haywood's not not Haywood gets waived, they'll trade him. Yeah, trade him. Yeah, I guess, uh, depends on. Mm. Yeah, they'll pay him out. So they'll pay him out. If, 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 you're Danny Ainge, if you're Danny Ainge, you make the call to the basket case, basket case wizards, who they're, mm. they're like fighting each other. You'd say, we'll trade you uh, Gordon Haywood and um, Terry Rosier for Bradley Beal. Yeah, but ringing who, someone who says now. No. Ring it, I would, because ringing someone now and trying trying to trade Gordon Haywood well, would dinner. be like ringing someone and saying, "Well, I'll trade you for Markel Fultz." Well, we'll get under no that one is taking him either, right? We'll like, talk about that shortly. You'd be an idiot if you took oh, him. Like, you know, we'll talk about that shortly. Him. All right, Duff oh, man. Um, would you? Okay, let's little man. Potential there, but LeBron and the Lakers. Do you think that's going to plan thus far, or do you think you know the early mm. season sort of getting used to each other, early season feels? By their record, I reckon they're probably on par. With what around, they would expect, fifty percent this early. I don't think they were going to be this early that bad. Where do you see going to be exceptional? No, no. no. Where, where do you see them come season's end? Uh, I think they need to make some changes. Yep. Um, what do they need, Duffy? Well, they need some kind of inside presence, whether it's back to the basket or someone who can do a similar role to Velma McGee but better. 
Mm. But I don't know. I haven't watched a lot of them. Not many guys like that in the league these days. No, I was like, going to say, no. if, if we, I mean, with so, so many high-scoring games thus far, you know, 120s, 130s, it's not uncommon to see a 140 game. Guys are getting the rim easier. Um, so there's either a lack of guys that can play defense or play that position to mm. get in the road or d- defend drives, or, you know, guys are obviously much better at it. Um, with all the game going to the on-balls, big guys are going to be able to defend the on-ball as well, so that's another thing to... So the game's more open, but I agree. I think the Lakers are one decent guy, one good guy away, but it's just a matter of what they have to give up to get that and whether they they pull the trigger this year. They should have kept Bogut, the Lakers. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Number 66, (laughs) best jersey ever. Uh, Or wait for, uh, you know, just call call this season, see what happens, develop the young guys, and then they'll have the money to buy one to two big names come the summer, which probably is going to be their... Play. But if you have guys like your boy Kawhi in Toronto, yep. if he's thinking he's on a good thing, he just signed with New Balance, you know, like <laughs> shoes that people with hip replacements wear afterwards. That's, hey, that's the company Balance, he's repping. Don't sleep on New Balance. They've got some good running shoes. <laughs> I've good seen, shoes I, no, I've never seen it. This no. is, the, yeah, we'll talk about we Okay, talk about. so New Balance's last, last, last yeah. signature shoe was a James Worthy signature shoe oh, from, really? from the well, mid 80s. James Worthy. <laughs> yeah. You know what's bizarre though? True like, story. What about all the guys like DeAndre Aiden, the f- number one pick in this year's NBA draft? Puma. Yeah, signed with Puma. But so did someone else. Joel Embiid. That's a whole yeah. wave he's of young with fellas. Puma, I think, uh, isn't he's with he? Under Armour. Oh, he's yeah. Under Armour. Then um, there's about five rookies New this year that all come yeah, out with Puma. Puma. Yeah, I, I get I think that. But Kuzma but, went with someone, and okay. Kuzma's with uh, maybe a Chinese mob, I think. Yeah. But Kyle, none of them wear that it. shoe in a game, right? Like, yeah, everyone yeah. wears Nikes. Like, no, so. no. Don't they? I always thought they wore Nikes in that. Like, I thought... Lonzo Ball doesn't wear his old man's shoe in the, in, like, in the game, does he? Going Surely back to not. the Lakers, how patient will LeBron be before changes? Like, does he forces a well, personal change? That's the bigger question. I think. I think he's just sort of coming into the basketball side of things now. I think the first sort of 10 or 12 games, he was kind of still in LA Hollywood zone and sort of maybe just coasting and... Mm. thinking man I'm, I'm in a Lakers jersey this feels a bit weird but um, you know the last couple of weeks he's had a couple of big games maybe you know it's taken a couple of nights off since but a lot of the guys a lot of the riders are sort of calling him MVP um, this point which I, I can't see um, Duffman who's your MVP so far I don't know um, the sleeper could be Kawhi but Giannis the Greek Freak's doing pretty well so he'd have to be at the top of the list oh he'd have to be wouldn't he he was your pick at the, yeah. he was your pick in our mm. pre-season well Curry was going good until he got hurt so uh, my top list. three was the Greek Freak LeBron and um, Embiid yeah so I'd, I'd put probably Joel Embiid second in MVP to yeah. Giannis at, at this moment and I have, probably have to have Kawhi Leonard yeah third um, LeBron maybe top five but like he shouldn't get MVP. No, that's not true. He, but I think the he, Lakers have probably been player, better than I thought they would be. I think they've pulled it together slightly quicker. Yeah, that's not to say that I think that they'll be able to hold it together. Well, they're I, only I, what are they? Eleven and nine. Eleven and nine. Yeah. I kind of feel like I kind of feel like right now, twenty five percent of the way into the season, the NBA now starts to take a little bit of a like. Yeah, you're right, Street. It's been a bit weird. Teams like Sacramento, the LA Clippers. Um, and the Celtics not going as well as what you'd think, and other teams being up there in the standings. But right now is about where the cream starts to rise to the top. If you're going to be anywhere in the playoffs, you're going to need to be winning games now. Yeah. Um, and there are teams that just coast, right? Like, and you know you're going to smash, like the Knicks, 
for example. Oh, we're watching well, it right so. now. You know, like the, the and team. And they stink. They're horrible. We're, we're obviously, we're Philly fanboys for obvious reasons. Um, where do we think, obviously the Sixers made a pretty big trade a couple of weeks ago. They brought in Jimmy Buckets and that seems to be working well. But how does that affect our man Ben Simmons? And well, and what's your take on his sort of season so far? I think he's doing fine for a second-year season. I think he's doing great. But I think the problem is is that Philadelphia got worse in the offseason. They didn't get better. Mm. They, I think they they lost a lot of guys to free agency that they probably would have liked to have keep. Are they better now? I, They've made this trade for, for Butler? I think they're better than they were at the start of the year. I still don't think they're as good as what they were last year, mm. if that makes sense. Mm. I don't think they're as deep right now as what they were last year. Yeah. Um, and it, but I think they got better by by trading for Jimmy Butler, but I think it's going to take a while for for not just Ben but the whole Philadelphia unit to gel, right? Like, and actually, I don't even know. So Embiid's just done this really massive dunk and it's pretty cool spin move from about the three point line. He's an amazing specimen of a bloke. I think it's going to take Philadelphia a long time to figure out how to use Embiid and Simmons together. Yeah, and that is just complicated by Jimmy buckets being there as well, right? He's on his own, yeah. So someone's yeah. going to have to be the Chris Bosh. Yep. Um, you know, JJ <clears throat> That that may nah nah. It's going to be out of the Butler and Bede and Simmons. Oh, okay. I mean, let's let's check check the numbers. Embiid twenty eight points, almost fourteen rebounds, four assists. They're kind of numbers Shaq was putting up back in the day. So he he's dominant. This is his team. Mm. Um. And then, you know, Simmons, um, his probably points are down on last year, but he's going for 16, nine rebounds, eight assists. I mean, he's just a couple of missed shots from his teammates off averaging a triple-double. You know? Yeah, that's and exactly right. Russell Westbrook won an MVP a couple of years ago averaging and a triple-double. This is where I say to you that I think if they had the guys they had last year, I think Simmons is close. To, well, yeah, I think he's actually he's averaging at least a double-double because he would have 10 assists a game. Yeah. Um, and actually, I think he probably would get more boards because the guys that they had boxed out better and worked worked harder to, to clear him some space, get him the rebound so that he could start the fast break. I mean, the, as much as the NBA is about stats, it's also about winning. But right. what Butler brings the Sixers is something that they lacked even last favorite? year as a guy to close a game out. Yeah, who, that's who, right. Who you can put the ball in his hands, mm. who will play both ends, and you're confident in him putting putting that shot up. Yeah, you know, it's fair to say that you can't have full confidence in Simmons dribbling the guy down and taking a shot to win it. MB. Um, well, it didn't work in the playoffs last year. It didn't year, work right? in the playoffs. Like, that's where they crumbled in that series. MB. Uh, you know, like he's he's kind of a less touches shoot better. The more mm. he has the ball in his hands dribbling, the more chances he's of turning it over. Yeah. Um, you just want him back to the basket, catch it, one, one, one dribble, two, two-step move. Yeah. Uh, but Jimmy Jimmy Butler's different. He's he, he, he can take a guy for dribble. He can do this, do that. Uh, yeah, and, and he's already closed out a couple of games for them, right? Like so, Two game winners in 12 days. So. Yeah, yeah. identical sports. Um, yeah. I think the Sixers are in a pretty good place. And once their continuity sort of comes together a bit more, mm. um, they're probably going to be... I'll, I'll, we'll rate them to make the East Finals. Yep. Uh, I think they'll knock out the Celtics in the. I think they'll still series. be around in the playoffs, but I think if they're going to go all the way to the East Finals, they've got to get better. They've got to do something different. Well, they've got to get someone else in. 
that will happen and then that brings us on before we wrap up is the most curious case in basketball in, in recent memory Fultz. is that of last year's number one pick Markel yeah. Fultz the guy that forgot to shoot yeah um, the story going around they're masking shoulder injuries finger injuries wrist injuries yeah there's all sorts of rumours uh, going around isn't there it's, 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 it's a it's a crazy story that only just gets crazier by, by the day but uh no. Is it that crazy in today's NBA? But because here's what I think it is: it's unprecedented. We, there hasn't been. It's a, not unprecedented, though, is it? For, well, for a situation for a guy that literally has forgotten how to shoot. Yeah, I mean, the, the, I, it's, mm. it's uh, 400 players in the NBA. Mm. Their livelihood is to play basketball, and that involves yeah. putting the ball in the bucket. Now, some guys are better. You say a guy can't shoot. Mm. They're in, they're in the NBA for a reason. They can put the ball in the hole. Some yeah. guys are just better at it, and the ex- expectation of what a guy should be able to do when it shoots often yeah. is, is different to the reality. But in, in this case, this is a legitimate case of a guy having some kind of mental ailment, whatever it may be, but he's literally forgotten the mechanics of how to shoot. But I actually don't believe... I don't know that I believe that it's all mental. I, it may play a part, and I get that, but actually I feel like there's a lot of truth to the rumours around him either carrying or hiding an injury of some sort. And and But actually, you know what I think? I... I I actually think this is Kawhi Leonard 2.0. I think this is him being unhappy with the franchise and the way that they've treated him. And it may be the way they've treated him through some mental ailments because that's kind of what I think happened with Kawhi Leonard last year with the Spurs as well, yep. is that actually he wasn't happy with how they dealt with his mental or like, like you know, like his actual happiness, I think, and the way they treated him and the way they made him feel. And, and I think that's what Markel Fultz is going through. And I think the stuff with his shoulder is being made up by his agent to actually keep him from having to play um, because I think he doesn't want to play for the team anymore is, is my summary. Now, I don't think he's pretending to have forgotten how to shoot. A lot of that might be mental, but I do think then there's some actual truth to the rumor around that there could be some sort of physical ailment that, that, that isn't being mentioned here. So I think, uh, yeah, I think... I think this is almost a repeat of, of Kawhi Leonard. You won't see him play for the 76ers again. It's just and so he may not play. He may not play at all this year for anybody. And I would say then at some stage they will somehow find a way to get him on a new team next year. But he's hard to move. He's, he's next year. Well, you're not getting anything for him. 10, 10 million bucks is his contract. He's, if he gets mm. traded, the salaries have to match within 15%. Yeah, yeah. So they've got to get a guy to come in at least on 8.5 mil. Well, they've got to get somebody who a team wants to get rid of more than they want to get rid of for. Like, so you got to take the flight. Like, so, <laughs> so, but I mean, like, you, you, you maybe they ring up the Celtics and see if they'll take, could give Haywood for Fultz. Like, Haywood would be a pretty good addition to the 76ers. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. like, so, I don't know what Haywood. But I mean, getting, if, you, yeah. if you look at Fultz's college highlights to what he is now, it's it's a different person. Yeah, that's right. Oh, absolutely. It's, and you're right. And when you do watch the highlights, you kind of go, "Oh my god, what happened to this this person?" So, that's the question. What what has happened? But that question hasn't been answered. Like people aren't no. buying it's a shoulder injury. No. People aren't buying. Oh, he, he crashed his ATV bike, or you know, yeah. he fell off his BMX because he was noted as a bit of a BMX enthusiast. And was he really a BMX? So enthusiast. before he did, <laughs> in the in the pre-draft, thing, he said his, one of his hobbies when, in high school was riding BMX. Yeah, right. So and he still With liked Nicole to do Kidman. it. Mm. And. Uh, there was a rumour going around when he had these troubles last year that he actually stacked his BMX right. and hurt himself but didn't tell anyone for fear of you know 
losing his contract. Yeah. Well, there's that, that case of Vladimir Radvan- Radmanovic for the Lakers mm. on a weekend off in the All-Star yeah. break. He went to Utah and busted his shoulder snowboarding. That's right, yeah. Um, and then the classic one is Jay Williams, who was the number two pick in the draft. Mm. Oh, crashed his motorcycle. Wasn't supposed to be riding a motorcycle, career, yeah. crashed mm. it, career over. Yeah, and they didn't have to pay him out, I don't think. No, and then but they they, they did. Mm. They honoured it. There's a whole story. It's a pretty fascinating story. But mm. anyway, so do you reckon the false free throw antics is a little bit of a I don't want to play here. Like I so think so. I'll make a headline. Well, I feel like it could be. Because yeah. You got the pump fake, then you got the side to side. Because that's not forgetting how to shoot. But there, that's there's just another. There's another being one. Being a headcase, like, there was a game or, that, or being belligerent, like. Uh, there was a game before these foul shots where one of the um, a guy doing a podcast, he watched it and he said like. Mark Fultz yelped when he shot. Mm. He made a oh, yelping too, noise. Yeah. Right? So, and he, he's like going, whatever it is, it's it's in his head. So, he's mm. probably got the yips. And who, who was it? Monica Sellis that had the yips there with the serve there for a bit? Oh, yeah, yeah uh, she pre, did. Pre yeah. or post stab? I thought Kornikova got the yips. Somewhere Anna Kornikova got the yips. Sellis had it bad. It, well. Yeah, Sellis did have it pretty yeah. bad. That was mental from being stabbed, like mm. which is pretty reasonable. Like, yeah, you're at work one day and someone stabs you in the shoulder. So it's not Kornikova got the serving yips in that she just would just double fault after double fault after double fault, yeah. But Monica Sellis was paying attention to that when I was watching her. I mean, hers derived from an injury, I guess. Sellis? Yeah. Yeah, it did. Yeah, absolutely. So maybe some of those those neural pathways between, Mm. you know, got confused. And maybe, listen, maybe Fultz has hurt his shoulder in a bike accident and just never told anyone. Can you imagine how weird it would be to be in that team, but like imagine when you like you come into training, you go, "Where's Mark or whatever they call him or Fultzy? Where's Fultzy? Shooter, mate. Uh, no, no one knows. He's gone to the doctor, and this is what's amazing. This is what the team couldn't believe when they first announced it. That his agent rang and said, "Markel has to go to the doctor because he's got a sore shoulder," and they said, "Oh, okay. When will he be going?" next Monday because that's just when the next appointment is <laughs> and then they then and apparently so, uh, you know yeah. we got we got doctors in our own staff well the best part was that the agent rung him back two days later and went yeah yeah the doctors had to move the appointment it's going to be on Wednesday so he actually pushed it back now, so now we can't uh, exonerate the Sixers fully on this because they've had a torrid history of, of, of rookies having problems yeah so Embiid who's now you know the second in line for MVP he missed his first two years with recurrent foot injuries that were poorly managed by the Sixers medical staff. Yeah. We all know Ben and Sim- Ben Simmons missed his entire rookie year yeah. from you know an injury to his foot. Mm. Uh, there's a whole Markel no, foot situation. No, no, no. The latest one is yeah. Oh, yeah, him too. He had yeah. injury too. Yeah. Jalil Okafor, which they kind of he, they they ruined him. Mm. And the other one, the the rookie from this year, Zaire Smith, uh, he was picked. Eight He's got a foot injury too. Well, did you hear what happened? No. So they fed him some kind of nut bar, but he's got a peanut allergy. Yeah. They, they almost killed him. <laughs> it's not funny, but like it's not funny. But they it's almost... funny, like it is funny. Oh no, it's, Isn't it's it farcical. Is it a medical so, record you give him? Yeah, allergies. Well, surely they test these I mean, guys for stuff. There's this podcast going around called Doctor Death, right? And it's mm. about this this medical doctor in uh, who used to do like um, neck and brain surgeries and mm. stuff like that in in Texas. But maybe the Sixers have a Dr. Death on their staff. It's just no good. <laughs> He's just a Dr. But Death. anyway. Oh, well. Who knows? Let, let's call it a night. Yep, that'll let's, do. Let's, we'll, we'll, we'll finish it there. Good good chat, boys. Thanks for coming along, Duffman. Good job, um, Duffy. We'll, we might Your get you back. a few words. 
but probably at the All Star at the All Star break. That's traditionally the halfway point of the NBA season. Yep. So we'll talk about, it, but we'll be back before then doing. Oh, another for sure. We'll talk episode. more. We'll do yeah. a halfway report by then. Yeah. Now Sturdy's got to go home and look after his new baby. Yeah. So. That's right. Yeah. Thanks a lot for listening, guys. Thanks, guys. We'll see you soon for episode twenty. We're almost twenty-one. We're wow. almost legal. Let's get blind <laughs> and uh, drive our ATVs and BMXs. See you next time. Oh, we've got a song he's going to play. Oh, it's not very good. Oh, no. This is our calming outro music. Wow. <laughs> that doesn't sound like a song. No, it's pretty bad. All right. See you later. See you later.